Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Holistic Living. I'm Tara. I am so excited for today's podcast. I think I say that each podcast, but I'm so beyond excited for today's. It's with a longtime friend and confidant, Amy. We met well over eight years ago. As I was writing this up this morning, I was trying to think of when exactly we met. I can see it. I just can't remember the year. But anyway, I traveled several hours to Amy's house to do an interview similar to this one. Amy was running an incredibly successful food blog and consulting business, and I was interviewing her for her skills in the gluten-free world, in the blogging world. I was learning so much because I particularly had just started on the gluten-free and refined sugar-free bandwagon, and so this was twofold for me when I met Amy. I was getting lots of my own research, plus I was learning how to interview The interview never actually made it on air for various reasons, but what did was our incredible, incredible friendship. Enough of the love fest. Let me introduce you to Amy. She is the previous creator and author of the wildly popular gluten-free and sugar-free food blog, Simply Sugar and Gluten-Free, which is now transitioned into Amy Green. She's worked with such companies as Hershey's, Peanut Butter and Company, and Attuned Foods. She's also been a guest on Martha Stewart Living Radio, Good Morning Texas, Fox 4 News Dallas, Talk 980 Radio USA. Amy's also been featured in Living Without, Clean Eating Magazine, Reader's Digest Canada, D Magazine, and the Plato Profile. Now, she has traded all of that in to be the co-owner of Apex Modular Group, a certified woman-owned small business, desiring a lifestyle that would allow her and her husband, Joe, to care for their three children. They started Apex Modular Group. For Joe and Amy, their family always comes first. And while this has required a huge sacrifice for Amy, it created a life that allows freedom, choice, and a whole lot of love. Amy is a serial entrepreneur and loves building businesses. She also has an innate desire to create, which is evident through her entrepreneurship and her hobbies, which include baking, crocheting, wreath making, consulting, and creating businesses. Amy Green, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. Thank you. Thank you. It's just always good to be with you. You know, whether it's on the phone or in person, it's it's just, it's good. Thank you. I have been so excited to get you on because as I was briefly sharing with you, I had sent out a word months ago to a lot of my friends Um and even I see on Facebook of tell me what interviews you would like me to um, conduct. What would you like to hear about? What topics are you interested in? And for as many different topics that came back in, the most popular was we would love to hear about women who have given up a lucrative career 
changing it for something else for whatever the circumstances were. And so a lot of women said, because here's what's going in my situation. I have, you know, a, this relationship that I just want to shift out of or, or this job that I just want to shift out of. And it's such a big change. I almost can't see the other side, but I just want to do it. And so you were the ultimate person that popped in my mind because <laughs> <laughs> you had, and you had this incredible job that you were running, this whole space, all of these different um, outlets that you had that came from amygreen.me. And you have children, you have these three beautiful boys, and you have your husband, Joe. And so when, when you and I had talked about it first before you made it public, I just thought, oh my God, incredible change ever. What is on the other side? So let us hear your background. Like, give us what was going on with all of your, with your career and then walk us through the change. Um, so I, I actually started the, the, the food space really, and this was way back before people thought about blogging and money. This was when people were blogging for fun or for connection. Um, and um, it, just in the very beginning when we were just learning how to monetize, you know, and it was really something I did, honestly, out of boredom because Joe and I got married and um, he was um, the, the time of vice, the vice president of a construction company. And um, he was gone all the time. I mean, he was gone consistently and I needed something to do. So I started blogging um, and it just kind of, um, and, and like, this was, how long ago was this? 2008. So it's been a long mm -hmm. time. Um, but I met friends. I, I actually got a book contract out of it really early in. I got, uh, after nine months, I got a book contract. So I wrote a book. I started, and this was again, way back in the beginning, I started, you know, doing contract work for companies and magazines and recipe development. And, um, I was really happy in that space. The other thing I did, it was before we had kids was I started, um, I started, back in pastry arts school, I wanted to get a degree um, in baking and pastry arts so that I could, I wanted to start a bakery or, or go to work at a big hotel or something like that. Um, and this was used to understand my second career, right, Tara, because I was a teacher mm -hmm. before this. I was an elementary teacher. So, um, and, and then, you know, things changed. I got, I got pregnant with my first son and we just decided that, um, for me to continue doing the blogging and drop the, the, the baking and pastry arts school piece, because we really wanted a lifestyle that allowed us to be at home, me to be at home with our kids since Joe has gone so much and, and to just really, really focus in on what was most important to us, which has always been family. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I, th I think like all women, you have your first kid and your, your work life changes and my work life changed a little bit. <laughs> right. You know, I remember I thinking before I had kids as well. Oh, I'm totally going to still work. And then the kid yeah. comes and you're like, I I'm totally not working. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't even sleeping. I'm not sure I was taking a shower, honestly. Um, <laughs> right. Because yeah, the first one comes and then, and the second one came and, um, I was still doing some work when, when Luke got here, but um, that's my second, second son and they're, they're 18 months apart, but it just got to be um, too much. So I took a hiatus um, 
Because we're too focused on there. What what led you to realize? Okay, something has to give. Honestly, I would have never come to that conclusion by myself because I'm a one of those like put your head down and push through people. But um, I have a good girlfriend who she and I share everything, and she was like, "Amy, like you're crying all the time." <laughs> She's like, "Good indicator." <laughs> yeah, and um, and I was, but to me, I was like, "Oh, this is just part of the process. I'll get on the other side of it." And she's like, you're not sleeping. You're crying all the time. You're stressed out. She's like, something has got to give. And um, it was really a painful decision for me because I loved, I, I am probably at my, you know, you get in your zone. You know, you're doing something, you can do it forever. And you never mm-hmm. really lose, the, you're in the groove and like 20 hours could pass. And you're like, wow, this is, this is so great. And that's where I am when I'm baking and testing recipes, you know, Um and um, that was really hard for me to let go of and say, you know what, and I'm an introvert. I think a lot of successful bloggers are introverts, but we seem to develop relationships very well online, you know, um, and so I had a ton of friends all over. And, and when you kind of step out of that space, it's like stepping out of a workplace, you lose that support system. So but that's what led to it was I was my girlfriend was like, Amy, what are you going to do? And um, Joe and Joe and I always make big life decisions together. And we talked about it and we decided, you know, just for right now, I'm going to kind of step back. I wrote um, a post on my blog about becoming mom because that's really what I needed. I needed space to become the mom that I, I wanted to be for my boys. And let me just put a caveat in there it wasn't an overnight thing to become pregnant. It was a very mindful process for you yes. to become pregnant. Um, so this wasn't something that just happened. It wasn't no, like, it oh, was. I got pregnant. I better just stop. It was a, an incredible and mindful process for you. No, but I had it in my head. You know, you hear, you, you've, and I don't know if women say this so much anymore. I don't, but for a long time, the mentality was you can have it all. You can work and be a mom and right. you can do this and you can do that and you can have it all. And that's not been my experience. There's trade-offs <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I get you know? it because I try to do the same still today. I have, my oldest is 27. I'm still trying to do that. Like, oh, I can have it all. Every day I'm reminded there's a balance and only you can find yours. Right. And it, there's trade-offs. And I just at that point, I decided, you know what? I don't want to make the trade-off time for work anymore. You know, I, I need to mm-hmm. really focus in on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for, um, let's see. And then, you know, interestingly, things kind of got manageable again as far as the, the, the kids. And um, I started, actually, I, I'm, I've always been one of those women, and I know you can relate to this, who I need something to do, right? Right. Like, I need something that is mine that I feel like I'm achieving and accomplishing outside of mm-hmm. like changing diapers and going to the, do- and not that that all of that is really big, important work. Right. Right. Even the laundry is, it's a service to my family. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. but I needed something outside of the third or fifth load of laundry that day to do. <laughs> and, and so I started, I actually started in network marketing with young living oils. Um, and then I picked my blogging back up again. Which I, you know, watching from um, afar and or, or watching your business come back to life again, I thought, 
good God, whatever she touches just seems to blossom. So, you know, to me, I thought, God, she's got the magic touch because she just started young living and she's like skyrocketing again. So I loved watching your enthusiasm for whatever it was that you put your heart into because you were a great example for me and still are at the time, such a great example for me of a reminder that I needed to keep myself happy. As long as I was keeping everyone else happy, I needed to be just as happy. Right. It is. It's so important. And I think that that's um, the piece we forget as women. We don't take care of ourselves. We don't, we ourselves. like I said, there's still days like right now when it's like, I don't, I, from Friday night to Monday, I have time to take a shower, you know, but, right. um, but, but we have to take care of ourselves. And um, my good friend will say, you know, if you're not making time to at least paint your toenails, right? There's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. have to make a little bit of time for you. And she uses that example as just like, you know, an off the cuff type thing. But if you're not scheduling some time in your life to take care and nurture yourself, there's something wrong because you can't take care of everybody else if you're not taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so child, so it, well, so then Young Living was taking off. It was. And then I got pregnant with Gabe. <laughs> right? And was Hershey yes. before or after Gabe? That was after. It it was. It was kind of, um, I was pregnant with him. I, You know, I think he was just maybe like a month old when they contacted me, maybe two months old. And that was, um, you bring up Hershey's, that was like, one of the coolest experiences ever to, to come back and then get contacted by this company that I loved and, um, and to have them come in and like really value my work. Um, mm. And they flew me out there. They treated us like, uh, I mean, they were just the most amazing people to work with. They are so kind and considerate and family oriented. And they looked at me and I think Gabe might've been three or four months at the time. And they looked at me and said, you have a baby at home? And I said, yeah. And they said, thank you so much for being here anyway. I can't believe you made that. I mean, and it was like two days, but they were so grateful and they recognized that I was making a sacrifice, even though, you know, they were, I was working on a contract basis with them. So, but I was making a sacrifice by being there you know, and they're just, they are good, good people. They're good people. And, um, that was really, that was, um, that was really cool. We hit it off and they even came to my house and filmed in my kitchen. And, and for somebody like me, like that was like one of the highlights of my career, right? My food career was like, because how many people does that happen to? That was so cool. Girl, I was excited. So excited for you. And I was excited like it was happening to me. I was so excited for you. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was, it was humbling too, because it, you know, I I never thought of what I did as something that someone like Hershey would come and say, hey, we want to like film you in your house and we want to share it. And we went, you know, it was like, I, I don't know, I guess I just never, mm. but it was, it was really humbling, but it was, um, it was, it was like the coolest thing ever. And, mm-hmm. and just the process of working through that day with them. I mean, that little tiny clip took an entire day. Right. Well, the boys were there and included as well. <laughs> At the end, they did, we didn't bring them in until the end. But yeah, that was cool. Like they got my boys on film. And like the cool thing about the way that they captured that story when I read the comments on Facebook and things, so many people got 
that point of the difference in your life when you're included in the meal process, in the celebration through food. You know, when you're excluded because of food, even though it's just food, right? It's very hard because food is such a natural part of our culture and the way we communicate and commune with others. And so many people got that story that, 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 you know what, it, 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 there, it makes a difference when you include everyone. It does. And actually that was one of the questions. I'm glad that you brought that up because one of the questions I had was what started you other than the desire to have something else to do? What was it that started you on the food path? It, I loved it. It's always been my, I think my first love has always been food service and, um, I did it all through school. I did it. I catered in college. Like that's, it was my first love. Like, and, um, it was something I could do. Right. And I was teaching at the time, but something I could do at night. And, um, really I needed to learn how to, the truth. So I, Joe and I got married and I never really cooked. I was single and I didn't cook meals. Right. Because it was just me, but I had to learn how to cook gluten-free for him. So we could share that food again. And I didn't really know how to do that well. But I always just ate um, a very natural, unprocessed diet. I was, so I, I, never, I never really even made a cake because why make a cake for one person and who cares, right? It was right. just a very natural, unprocessed whole foods diet. And then when, um, when Joe and I started dating and we got married, I'm like, God, I got to learn how to cook for this guy, something that I can sit down and eat with him. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth the food was really bad for a long time <laughs> and, um, and it would be so bad. And then, but every time after dinner, no matter how, how bad it was, he would look at me and say, Amy, thank you so much for making me dinner. And it was his gratitude, genuine gratitude for an effort, no matter how failed the result was that gave me that desire to keep going. Honestly, it was just him because, because when you have, um, that kind of gratitude, even when the man is like trying to scarf down food that nobody should have to eat. It was so bad, you know, um, it, it changes you, you know, it changes you and it makes you want to be better and do more. And, um, and he really was my, my, had he criticized me, I might've stopped, but he just always said, no, I mean, and I remember him, like I was determined to make the perfect chocolate cake. And I remember him trying it and being like, Amy, this is so bad. <laughs> He was at least honest with me, right? Like, it just, right. you just didn't get it right. You know, and I would cry in my kitchen. I remember standing in the middle of my kitchen crying because it's like the 15th chocolate cake I've made, and it's horrible, you know? <laughs> but but he gave me the hope that I could keep going, you know? I didn't have it myself. I would have just been like, forget it, it's too hard. But um, mm. he gave me the hope that, you know, you keep try again. You can do this. And he did that all through my cookbook too, honestly. Like I would remember like being so scared at night and I would cry and I would say, this is so hard. That fear, I think, of having people see your work in a book is very, it's a very, it was a very personal and very vulnerable experience for me. And I'd cry and say, I just can't do it. I'm going to send them back their money and tell them I don't want the contract. And he'd go, Amy, we don't quit. We don't give up. You're going to do it. You're going to get up and do it again tomorrow. And you're going to get this recipe right. And I go, no, no, no. And he go, no, what did I just say? We don't quit. You say that, Amy, tell me we don't quit. And I'd say, okay, we don't quit. He's like, now tell me we don't give up. <laughs> and, like, we don't give up. <laughs> and then I get up and try it again. And he is the one who, 
he really did. He was kind of like my rock through that whole process to help me get on the other side where I have confidence to be like, okay, I can get this right. I can do this, you know? Well, it's an exposure of yourself. It's like exposing your soul to anyone and everyone who wants to look at it. I know. And it's, it's very, it's, it was a very vulnerable book. It's mm. very vulnerable. It made me feel very vulnerable. Mm. And so Gabe, of course, yes. Gabe came along. <laughs> I mean, that child, he's, he's beautiful. And, and so, um, yeah, what about Gabe and continuing the process shifted for you? Yeah. So, um, Here's here's kind of what happened. So about the time um, I got pregnant with Gabe, Joe um, Joe and I made a decision to start Petroller, which is our construction company. Um, and at the time, that plan was for uh, we co-owned it, but um, I was more like silent, and I was going to keep doing my food stuff, but be a co co-owner company, and he was going to run the company um, initially from the house, and the plan in the office and the staff and all that um, down the road. Um, and then Gabe came along um, and maybe eight months. I, I, um, I always did his accounting, his QuickBooks, and then I would meet with our CPA or whatever. I always did the accounting, and that was kind of my, my role in the company, and that's all it was. And then um, eight months or so down the road, it was apparent that um, – there were a lot of things that needed to be done, but not really enough to bring on somebody full time. And so, and also, I mean, I, I work for free. Right. <laughs> so um, I started taking a bigger role in the company. Um, and then, and Gabe was born. Um, Gabe didn't really change the work situation at all. He just, you know, it was another the certain kid changes everything, but he did not change our, our work direction. Um, mm-hmm. What really changed the work direction was um, our desire to, um, we started Apex, we, it's self-funded. We funded it ourselves. And our, we really had this desire to keep the company owned on our own. And we realized that we kind of work really well together. Mm-hmm. And, um, we decided, and it was a it was a painful decision for me, but but we saw the long term potential for Apex, which was different than the long term potential for what I was doing. And we thought, you know, in the best interest of our family, I would resign from um, kind of retire as a food blogger and and come on and run Apex with. Mm. And so, what sacrifices have you made? in giving up or, or just stopping all of the yeah. projects that you had in the works? Yeah, you know, I had some big plans. Like I wanted to start a, a podcast. Um, there's contract work I've had to turn down. Like Hershey's came back to me. Um, I, and I think, you know, you hear people say, like, how important it is to do what you love, right? Do what you love. And I mean, I always heard this growing up. Do what you love and the money will fall. And I'm not saying that's not true, right? Um, but um, what in this particular instance, in our family situation, and I, I mean, I finally am really good at food photography. And I got to say that myself. I took, I, I, when I came back from my break, I, 
everything had changed in that short year. Like people's food pictures were stepped up, but I took some classes. Um, I took a one-on-one tutoring class. I drove to Austin to take with a really great food photographer. And I was determined that my food pictures were going to be as good as everybody else's. And my food pictures, I, I really got them to be really good, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was like, all of a sudden, I felt like my career was going exactly where I wanted to go. And it was like, wait, hold on. Joe was kind of like, I really need you over here. And I had to make a decision. Do I do what is right for me or do I do what's right for my family? And and mm-hmm. what was right for my family at that time was for me to kind of step away from this blogging, not take any more contract work. And like I said, run Apex with Joe. And so he um, he does the sales and marketing and, um, and kind of runs the projects on the ground. And I do the the operations, I do our long-term vision, I do the hiring, I, you know, all of those pieces. That's, that's kind of my wheelhouse. And so since you, I have lots of questions. Let's just start with this one. Since you have shifted and made the shift, um, tell me about the business side for Apex. What have you noticed since you have been able to devote more time? Um, what have I noticed about myself since I started? Is that what you're asking? Or? Yes, both yourself and business-wise. Um, so we, the first thing that I learned was that um, I didn't know as much as I thought I did about running a business. I've learned so – and we're in contracting. We do um, we do a lot of government contracts, but we're in construction. And there are so many things I've learned just from, from like, Joe building a project right um I've I guess I've grown up a businesswoman um what what's important what's not important I mean I look back at at my food career and I think how I would have done it differently had I had this knowledge there's just um mm-hmm. about making money honestly and uh, my primary goal when I started blogging was making money the money was like this bonus that came along but um but when your primary objective and, and I did well, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like I had to pay for a family or anything like that. I mean, my, my money was kind of our secondary, whatever. Right. But, mm-hmm. but when it's your primary income, like he, and, and this is our future and, you know, you, you really look at things differently. You make decisions differently. It's a um, contracting is a, there's a different energy than mm-hmm. government, especially government contracting, construction. There's a different energy than the energy around food. <laughs> right, absolutely, 100%. I mean, this morning I had, an, I had one of those mornings today where I was like, holy cow, this is hard. This is hard, you know, and this is where you're like, this is hard. Mm, so it's stretching you in ways that you didn't expect to be. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like when you wake up at four in the morning with a pit in your stomach because you know you've got to go over this and this and you've got to check all this stuff and make sure everything's going in the right direction. That never happened before. But but there's a different – it's something different on the line with this company. Does that make sense? Mm Yeah, it's a, I, I do agree with you. It's a completely different energy. It's a different arena totally. Yes. You are in, you're in a different school. It almost um, seems as if, okay, you've got this incredible 
background and basis for this for the food industry and all the different um, areas that you had your your hand into. There were so many different arenas that you were involved in, and you've taken this hiatus to learn and go to school. It's actually working, but you're almost in school again for whatever comes next. It might not even be for another ten years, but that's what it and feels like. You know, we, um, it's it's so interesting because so much of what I learned about working online. We've morphed Apex. So Joe's original original plan, like I said, was to have an office. Right? And, um, you know, a lot of small businesses are trending away from that now. They don't have mm-hmm. physical offices. Everybody works remotely. And that's really the model we've, we've moved into with Apex. And that's been one of my stronger points is helping, helping us. And we're working on right now getting into a place where we've got um, – we can easily work remotely. We don't have a central office. We office from home. And then the people that work with us, office from home, sometimes they come to our house and we work. I mean, it's, it's a different business model than we initially anticipated, but it also is going to allow for us in the long run, um, your overhead costs are lower. It's going to allow us to achieve some of our long-term goals faster because the capital isn't going to be in running an office space and and all the things that go along with having a physical office. So things, um, and a lot of this was research I did and experience I got working online and collaborating online, like us, right? Like how many years have we been collaborating online? <laughs> uh, almost ten. Yeah. So, so, but but it, that wasn't how Joe traditionally did business. Everybody went to an office, and everybody right. worked in this space. And so we're learning how to, and he's learning how to do it differently. That is really natural for me. The, the parts that aren't natural for me, it's all learnable. But it's, it's, um, it's just a, like I said, contracting is, is a different energy. Mm-hmm. What have you noticed in your family life differently now that you've done this? More stress, Honestly. less stress? Different okay, so yeah, d- different. Uh, let's call it different. So, I would say before Joe started Apex, he was the vice president. Before we started Apex, he was the vice president of a construction company, and he did well. You know, there's never any worries about money or anything like that. And when you own your own business, that you do have that stress, um, mm. because the bottom line is very different. The bottom line is with us. Right before it was, there was someone else that owned the company Joe worked for. So that was him. Like if things went south, that was on him. But now if, you know, when, when don't go the way that they need to, or just the fear of, or making sure that everything is lined up, like that stops with with me and Joe. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that stress, but what's really wonderful is our, and I would not, I can say completely, I would never trade our lifestyle and go back to the way it was. If I had the choice, because, our lifestyle is so good. We've got three little boys. I walk to school every day. Joe takes the other two to their school. Um, I can have lunch with my son. I can stop by their school. I can pick them up and take them to the doctor if they need to go. I can go to their programs. I mean, if I need to leave work at, at one o'clock to go do something for my kid and make up that work at night after they go to bed, I can do it. I don't answer to anyone but me. Mm. And And having Joe home, has been a blessing. Like he's, he still travels. Um, he does most of the travel for our company, 
but he's here. Like he, he and I go and have lunch with Nate once a week. It's cool. You know, it's, um, it is an amazing lifestyle that I would never trade because it allows us to put our family where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, before Joe was gone from 7.30 in the morning till 6.30 at night, right? Yeah. Now, like, there's weeks that go by. He's like, I don't think I've left the house. <laughs> he's like, I think I'm going to go for a drive, you know? So the only place he's gone is to the school and back, right, to take the boys. Because he usually takes the little two in the morning. If he's in town, he takes the little two. So right. it's, um, there is something to be said about, you know, that it's just a, it's an amazing lifestyle. Tell me about any of your fears letting go of the old and shifting to the new? Um, I, I think my biggest fear, I, I don't even know if I had a fear about letting go. It was more sadness. I was really sad because mm-hmm. I still like, I loved, and like I said, I felt like I was in the prime of what I was doing and I had plans, you know, I had I had plans for my career, you know, down the road, my food career. And um, mm-hmm. my my biggest fear was, um, I, I think if I had a fear, it was more along the lines of having to just, who I was, that's what it was. Because before, it, and you know, this came up for me when I wrote the your the bio, you kept asking for bio, and I was like, I don't know if I can write a bio. Like, what am I going to say about myself? <laughs> you know, before I could have told you who I was and what I did. And now, you know, what I could tell you is like, if I, was writing, I wrote that bio, but I was like, you know, I really had to think about it because it's been such a sh- fundamental shift in who I, who, I don't even want to say who I I, how I show up in the world. That's what I, it is. Mm-hmm. It's been a fundamental shift in how I show up in the world. I love how you said that because I think as women, we are all called to shift, especially right now with everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. We are all called to shift on how we are fundamentally showing up in the world. Like the way that we showed up yesterday or last week or last month, probably isn't going to get it. Like we need to upshift how we are showing up. And I love that you named it that way of how we show up because whether or not it's a change of a very small change, even if it's a subtle change or even if it's a big change, as women, we are being called to show up differently in our energy in how we relate to others and how we relate with ourselves. I know it's, it's um, and I think that I think that sometimes that's hard to, because it's it's changed. I mean, I don't do play dates out in the cul-de-sac anymore. Like we used to like go play in the morning or whatever because kids were home. Like that's changed. I mean, my my two little ones go to a Montessori school um during the day, and I see them at night. Um, and that's that's hard. I mean, there's nothing that feels good about it when you say, Hey, my baby, um, is in a school all day, you know, gave my 18 month old. Um, but 
the time that we have with them is is more quality because I'm not worried about has anyone do I need to comment on something on social media? Do I need to reply to this person on my blog? Do I need to this? Because we can shut down our business at six o'clock or five thirty or whatever that happens to be. And Joe and I have a rule um, that our phones down from you know five o'clock till eight o'clock. You know and it, and we obey it 90% of the time. There are times when there's an emergency or one of us gets something that comes through on our iPhone that we think is like an urgent business matter we have to address right now. And it's not. But, you know, sometimes we have to remind each other, hey, put it down so the kids go to bed. You know? But we, we really try to make the time we have with our kids matter instead mm-hmm. of um, before where I was with them all the time. But the truth is, like, I was very distracted a lot of the time by, oh, I've got to reply to this email. I've got to get this done. I've got to reply to this person on whatever. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. So that has, been, that has been a blessing in the sense that the social media can be, um, it, can, it can be consuming if you let it. It can be exhausting. And so yes. I'm glad that you brought that up because it was one of the questions I can completely relate to everything that you've just said. So do you, did you almost feel a sense of a hundred pounds being lifted off your shoulder from the perspective of social media? It was almost as if you could unplug your persona because there is, there is a persona that you portray online and then there's the you. Now, most of us try to portray still the real you, but let's face it. It's not, it's all the good stuff. Was there a sense of relief and release when you got to unplug? Yes. And in fact, like one of the the thorns in my side was Instagram. Like I just could not get my Instagram account to go. And everyone right now, like that's the hot thing. My, my Facebook page was huge. I'm but my addict. Instagram, yeah. <laughs> but it was like I just couldn't get it to go the way. And, and it, it was like I would – I got into this game of looking at other people's stuff. And I did that whole – they are better than mine. This is better than mine. You know, and it, I would really beat myself up. And our business now does not, I, you know what, we have a website and I tried to start a blog, but we're not dependent on that. That's not how we, our, our consumer is not the general public, you know. So mm-hmm. um, right now where we are, it's like, it, it wouldn't even benefit us to have a Facebook page. When we get the manpower, we do it we've kicked it around but it's not a priority it's not gonna it's not gonna pay our bills and so we don't do it honestly sometimes I'm like people have said to me well I haven't seen you post I'm worried about it I'm like I don't really know what you want me to I don't feel like I have anything to post anymore like I read contracts all day or Joe and I talked through terms on a contract or (laughs) I was fighting with contractors this morning because they were supposed to do this and they didn't or we're trying to negotiate this and like, it's, it's just not that interesting and it's not like a chocolate cake. Right. And so right? I, I, I think in a lot of ways, my life is, and this sounds, what I do every day is not that exciting to, to the average person. So, you know, or like I learned something new on QuickBooks, how to run a new report and what it means. Like it's just, you know, I've, <laughs> so that's why I don't <laughs> post. Right. I mean, I get it. A, I mean, I totally a, get it. What am I supposed to say? Like, it's not, and when I bake now, it's not like, and people don't understand this, or if they do, they don't portray they do. But those food photos that you see on Instagram, 
hours and hours and hours of time have gone into those photos and sometimes days because you have to bake the food. You got to, you got to put the food together. You got to make it look right. You got to have the right props, the right lighting, the right camera angle. You know, you have to then process the pictures. Now you have to process everything in um, Adobe and days I'm talking to get that perfect food shot. And that's not what happens in your kitchen. Like no. I have three little kids and I'm telling you what, I'm lucky if I can get it off the skillet and it usually doesn't look that great, but we get it on the plate and we eat it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so unglamorous life. It is. It's an, and, and when we bake it, like we made a gingerbread um, train and okay. So this is one of those examples. It was not a gluten-free gingerbread train. It was one I bought from the store and the boys iced their gingerbread train. And I looked at it and I thought it was so much fun because I did not feel like I had to record it on social media that I baked this gingerbread train and look how cool I am because I can do this and I can make a train and it can look cool. My kids iced it. It looked like, I mean, it looked like a, a five and a four-year-old iced it, right? And then in two minutes, they were like running around the house eating the train. And I had the best time with it because there was no stress. But, but right. a lot for years, I've had so much stress around baking him food. And do I, because do I take this dish and put it on? Or do I talk about that I've made this dish in hopes that, you know, it's, yes. So just to say, yes, it is wonderful not to have to participate in social media to make money today. <laughs> and I can, listening to everything that you say, it's, it's all spot on, 100% spot on. And I am a complete Instagram addict. That's where my following is, is through Instagram. But I will also relate and confess that when I do take a social media break, it is so exhilarating. I feel like this huge sense of relief. Like I don't have to look at anyone's. I don't have to like anyone's. I don't have to post about what I'm doing. I don't have to comment about, not that I don't enjoy all of that, but taking that break is like, oh, it's almost like taking off work. Instagram initially was supposed to be, what are you doing right now? Like unfiltered. Right. What are you doing? And now it's like, what are you doing right now with a filter after it's been through Photoshop? And yeah. I'm not saying that that's not, I mean, great. You know what, I, but it's, um, and, and you said it in the beginning that it gets to be a little inauthentic and I think people crave authentic, but then at the same time, it's so much easier to like that perfect, beautiful image than it is to like what it really looks. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have any idea that you would be in this place of gratitude when you decided to leave your second career? When you decided to leave, did you have any idea this place of gratitude that you would be in right now? No. You know, and the truth is um, I, I vacillate in and out of gratitude because what we do is hard and it's stressful in a new way. It's it's big contracts. It's, it's, it's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo and stuff that, you know, and so some days it's really hard and some days, mm. and Joe used to say this because I've always been an avid reader. And I was like, honey, why don't you read this book? This book is great. And he'd look at me, I have a brain left to read with. He's like, I, <laughs> I, I've been reading long contracts and emails and, 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 um, different things that relate to what we do. And, and so now like a lot of days I'm like, I don't want to read anything at the end of the day. Like I don't have any brain cells left to read with. I can do it, but I cannot stand down and like, so started my audio books again, but it is really exhausting in a whole new way, you know? Mm. 
So, so yeah, I, I am, I'm grateful, but it's, I, I don't want it to look like I'm running around in this like perfect bubble because I'm not. <laughs> and I was just going to say, and I'm glad that you said that it's not always, there's not always gratitude because as well, I think anytime we make big changes and it's different stress, yeah. I think there is gratitude there. But there's also the reality of this is freaking hard, hard as shit, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. my reality today. Yeah, some days yesterday, it's hard. Yeah, yesterday it might have been good. Today it is really, really hard. Maybe tomorrow will be better, maybe it won't. So I think, yeah, just acknowledging that piece of where we are genuinely, authentically every day is so important. So that way we have more connection to each other, that we're not judgmental of each other for our choices because I feel like the more we can be authentic with each other the more we open up the possibility and the reality for the other person to be open and authentic and real which then ultimately connects us rather than separating us yes and I think that especially as women and I I said this like actually in, in relation to for whatever reason, it seems like when I'm traveling or I'm out with my kids and they have some kind of issue, like I was on a plane with, and the baby screamed the whole time and who criticized me, women. And it was, it was the women who complained to the flight attendant that this mom cannot control her baby. It wasn't the men. And it's the same thing 99% of the time when I'm out in public, there's a problem with the kid. There's a woman who will say something about I'm not doing something right or they'll make some kind of comment. And, you know, as women, what should be doing is saying, hey, can I hold that baby for you? What could I do to make this easier? How can I support you in this? But for whatever reason, as women, and I, our instinct is to be like, she's not doing it right. She's not doing it good enough. And you know what? Like you said, there should be no judgment. It should be, how can I support her? You know, Oprah said this years ago. She said, when another woman has a victory, you get behind her because her victory is your victory and you better celebrate her and get behind her and want more for her because that's how we as women raise us all up in society and in the world. Mm. Thank you for sharing that because that, ooh, that just sent chills up my spine. And I wanted to share um, just a brief story about um, helping other women. So we were in, REI a couple weeks ago and there was a woman with you know a brand new baby cry it's unmistakable yes. and so um I could just hear it it was on the other side of the store and so I thought oh you know that first of all just the cry makes your little heart melt because you know this baby is like probably a month old and so but it continued and continued and I thought oh the poor thing it just needs to be held and then what I noticed my thought was why isn't that mom holding her baby and then I thought it was almost as if I shook myself and I thought mm-hmm. okay Tara shift it because that was part of that old thinking of I th- almost as we've been conditioned to pit against each other yeah I didn't want yes and I didn't want to go down that so I I mindfully re- you know just consciously realized okay how can I help you and so I finally did I mean it, actually it, it took courage for me to walk over because I thought I could offend her I don't even know how this is going to turn out but I felt so compelled to help and so I walked over and said can I help you? Can I hold your baby? And she said, actually, we're just kind of going through colic. And so if you want to, you can, but I don't think it's going to, you know, shift anything. And so I held the baby and she was right. It didn't shift, but I felt, I just felt compelled to offer and to support another woman wherever she was. 
Well, it's but we we just we look at each other and go, oh, she's prettier than me, and she's she's thinner than me, and her legs are better than mine, and her butt is firmer than mine. But what <laughs> what we need what we need to say is like she's beautiful and I'm beautiful too, you know. And I I struggled with this because I was I've always been you know since. I got my weight under control in my early, you know, my late twenties, I've been thin and I had these babies in for at 36 and 37 and 40, I had kids and my body has really stretched out. And I remember complaining after my first um, son to my girlfriend and she's like, Amy, but your body gave you this beautiful baby. And at the time I wasn't there, but now I look at myself and I'm like, you know what? I've made three beautiful kids and my body will get to where it is in its own time. And you know what? It is okay. And I am okay with this. And I love myself where I am. And, but it's such a shift from, from where, you know, we are. And I have women in my neighborhood and some of my girlfriends that are gorgeous and they've had three kids and they look totally different than me, you know? And, but I can look at them and go, she looks great today. And you know what? I look pretty great too. You know, just that whole, like, it's okay for her to be beautiful because her beautiful or her success does not take away from my ability to be beautiful or successful, you know? And I there think, I agree. And I think as well, what we see in others is the mirror of what we see ourselves. So every time somebody's butt looks good, so does yours. <laughs> <laughs> I will think that too. I'll think, you know, as equally as someone is a mirror for my my shit that I haven't brought up yet and really triggers me, it is equal in the fact of what you see through love, through the eyes of your love. And you yes. think, oh, my God, her, lo- her legs are gorgeous. Her butt is gorgeous. Oh, my God, her hair looks great today. My hair must look great today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some days I'm like, I got a hat on because it doesn't look so great, but that's okay, you know? Right. Like, yeah, I'm hiding. I'm hiding the fact that I haven't been able to get it colored. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, is okay. We and I think when we and, and that's the other thing I think I've been forced to do in the last year is that what we've been doing has been. There's no time for that anymore. There is time to do our business. There is time to you know be with the kids and 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 the rest of that really is just not all that important. Your priorities shift, don't they? Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. what falls away will fall away. Yes. Yep. It sure has. Mm. And, oh, I said, I know you wanted to, we, we t- talked a little bit about what it's like working with um, my husband, because we do work together. Um, right. And, um, you know, we, we actually share an office. It's, you know, the office in the front of our house, and we both. We, we work in the same room all day long and we also have three kids together and, and we do all of life together and um, you know what it works really well sometimes there are like we, we have our little like this is my space and this is how it gets done in my space like don't like here's certain things like do not mess with this you know don't get over here don't touch this <laughs> and he's got his stuff like that where he's like would you just let me do my job and, and quit you know but um we have a really great ability to um, respect those boundaries that we, we have. And then at the same time, we make every important decision together. Um, and here's, and I'll give you a secret. I don't know. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day and, and I didn't realize that this was one of our keys to success, but this is one of our keys to success. 
every week we have a two different meetings and sometimes they are in the same block of time, but we have a personal meeting and we have a business meeting. And so the personal meeting is kind of like, how are we going to organize our life this week? What are our priorities? What do we need to get done? What is at the top of the list? What do we need to move around to still get everything done? Right. And then the business meeting is, is kind of like, okay, again, what are our priorities? What do we need to get done? Who's going to do what, what do we need to follow up on? You know, where are we, where is he in his space and where am I in my space and how does that work together? And um, when we do that, right. And when we talk it through at the beginning of the week, everything goes really well because he knows what he needs to do. He knows what, and I know what he needs to do. You know what I mean? We've shared all of that. And then we can go about doing what needs to get done instead of, Hey, wait, I thought you were going to do this. You know what I mean? We've talked about it all. We it's use communication. Yes. And we use, we use an app called Wonderlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. And, we share that app. And one of the things, honestly, we use it for is like errands. And this has been a lifesaver because everything that we need to get done goes on there and we prioritize it. Um, and it's shared. So he can see on his app, if he's out and doing something like even he'll go to the grocery store, you know, and something as simple as that, I can add things to the wonder list. Why is that the grocery store? He gets it all. We just have systems for getting things done. And, and any good business has systems. I think any good family life you have to have systems mm -hmm. I agree let's shift before can you believe it we have six minutes left no I can't <laughs> believe it <laughs> what is coming up for you what do you have in the works so um I mean of course we're going to keep doing apex apex is here to stay and we are um we're growing and it's it's really exciting and you know it's um it's a male dominated industry, but um, I'm learning how to sound in that space. So, um, but in our personal life, you know, um, one of our kiddos has a speech disorder. Um, and because of the speech disorder, um, he has, um, he's on an IEP at school to help them give him the right services so that he can be successful until his speech has worked out and it eventually will work out. But one of the things that's been really hard for us as a couple is um, learning how to move in that space. It's like, what are they supposed to do? What are they not supposed to do? You know, how does, how does it look? Um, and so I went down and heard Pete Wright speak. And he is a special ed lawyer. He's tried courses at the Supreme Court, but he does this seminar um, called Rights Law. And it's a day-long conference where he educates, provide, like, like school people, parents, therapist on what these kids are entitled to and what that looks like and what they're not entitled to, right? You know, um, and he is fabulous. So Joe and I are in Dallas um, October of 2018 to do a day-long seminar here as a way of giving back. You know, this is, we're going to donate the proceeds from the conference to Kasana, which is what my son's speech disorder, he has apraxia. So this helps kids that have apraxia. So all the proceeds will go to that. But it's our way of um, giving back. And because this is an area we're passionate, I think it's something that we'll keep doing. You know, um, he couldn't, my son couldn't talk when he was two years old. And he's had enough therapy and help that now pretty much anyone can understand him. I mean, he will continue to need that therapy and help for, for years to come. But um, 
he has been really successful. And it took the school and I, one of the things that I can share about Pete, right, is he taught me how to have a good relationship with the school. And um, this is a skill that is essential for any parent who has a kid who maybe out the box you have if you're going to send your kids to public schools you have to learn how to do it and so many moms are angry because they don't understand what I learned at that seminar you know so that is just um we've always wanted to be able to give back we've gotten so much help along the way and this is just one of the ways we're going to do that so I'm I'm super excited about that I love it I love it and I love that as a small business um up and coming as well as a small business that you are able to afford this opportunity for others as well. Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be really, really neat to see. And it'll be neat to have um, other moms. I, I, I went into that seminar angry okay. and I was thinking I'm going to stick it to the schools. And, <laughs> and not yeah. that they were doing anything wrong. I just didn't understand the process. And so I came out, and what I came out with was, oh, wait, I, I, my job needs to be, my primary job needs to be to develop a good relationship with these people because we got a lot of years of working together. And, um, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you what, those people are awesome, and we have a great, and in fact, Nady is, is um, getting a gratitude award at school this week. And his teacher said, it was pretty cool because she said, we're celebrating gratitude this month. Nate's going to get it. She's like, you have taught him how to practice gratitude, and you are so good at practicing gratitude. I couldn't give this to anyone else. And I thought, that is really cool. Right? It's such a confirmation for your own work. Yeah, that that we have been through months of working on getting things right for my son, and, and what she's associated with us is that they are still, they are grateful, you know, and that's we've talked about gratitude so many times but like that is where for me when you come from gratitude it changes everything Mm. unfortunately we have to wrap this up (laughs) i know oh my god this has been a complete treat to reconnect with you to dig deep with you and to just honor the woman that you are in our world. I am so grateful for this opportunity to just be with you in this space. Oh, me too. It's been, um, it's, I'll tell you what, I was looking forward to it for, for weeks. So I'm so glad that, that we have this time together. Thank you, darling. And for all of our listeners, I hope you have enjoyed and taken away exactly what you needed to hear today. I think today's was so incredibly telling of where we are as women in our world today, where we are as mothers in our world today, and how to show up for ourselves and for other women without judgment, without judgment for ourselves and without judgment for others. Love you all. I will see you next week. Thank you, darling. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you.